welcome to Firm Foundation. In these times of shifting standards and faulty foundations, there is a solid place on which to build a victorious life. And that place is the Firm Foundation of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. Your host for Firm Foundation is Brian Hudson, a Bible teacher, pastor, author, and producer of Life Enriching Media. We're going to today continue in the series from the vision for this year, we're into February already, still talking about this. The vision for this year for our ministry is love and serve. Say love and serve. Today's message is unusual. We're calling this message today, break the pattern, walk out of stuck. Say, <laughs> so God, help me. Break the pattern and walk out of stuck. And this message is one that I believe we who love and serve need to understand to help people who are caught in patterns and stuck in areas of life. Because loving and serving isn't only giving people food and clothing. It is all that. But it's more than that. Because more than giving people things, we give people hope, give them tools to manage their lives. We give them Christ's power to help them get out of situations they've got themselves into. And so this teaching, I believe, will help us in, in that work. John chapter 5. I want to read this text, the whole text, to get the, get the proper understanding and the context. So John 5, verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. And one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Verse 7, sir, the man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. And the day which he took his, this took place was on the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said, to the man who had been healed, who had been sick and invalid or invalid for 38 years. They knew this man. 38 years. But all they noticed was when Christ healed him, he picked up his bed, his mat, and was walking with it, carrying it on the Sabbath. That's how stupid religion is. They said, it is a Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But the man replied. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me. <laughs> That's a good reply. Talk to him. Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up, pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. 
that's the story we'll work with on today. Sometimes we are so dependent, as this man was, on a system, a custom, a pattern, or a habit, we don't see another way. I want to tie his story into our story, and as those who love and serve, to give us something to help other people with. And this story, I believe, will do that for us. Now, we know Jesus always has the power and resources available by no other means. Please know that. He always, Jesus Christ, always has power and resources that are available by no other means. So this question to the man, do you want to be healed? If you think about it, it's an odd question. It's almost a little rude because isn't it obvious the man needs to be healed? 38 years in this condition, disabled, dragging himself down to that pool probably every day. And the man had been this way for 38 years. Now, why would you ask somebody who's obviously sick, obviously invalid, obviously disabled, do you want to be healed? Because that was important for the message Jesus was bringing to him and to us. It was important to the condition that was being challenged, not just his disability, but his whole mindset surrounding his circumstance. So sometimes being asked a question is often the first step to breaking a pattern. Now, this pool of Bethesda, we'll talk about this a little bit in a moment, but let me say this to you. First of all, loving and serving others often involves questions. Again, applying this to where we are today, how we serve others. Even questions asked ourselves. Questions like, do you want to change? That's an important question. Because we see people in a condition and assume they want to change. Sometimes they don't want to change. For whatever reason. Don't assume that people who have a situation really want to change. Sometimes people do not want to change. So you, can't, you can't bring change if people don't want to. Another question is, are you serious about change? Are you serious about this? I mean, ask people and ask yourself, am I serious about change? Another question is, what do you need to change in order to change? <laughs> Think on that. Because to change something major requires deciding to change a lot of little things that contribute to the big change that you want. Let's, let's face it. Some of us, is a term called risk adverse, meaning I don't want to do nothing. It's going to be hard to do. Well, guess what? You're not going to do nothing then. To <laughs> say it in that vernacular. <laughs> you know, it looked like it might not work. I can't risk it. Well, that's people's decision sometimes. It really is. So you have to ask yourself questions, ask others questions. It may seem a little rude, but it's not rude. It's just you want to find out. Can I, are you in a position to change? Are you really ready to change? The other question is, is this sustainable? Is what I want to do, is it, can I keep doing it? Ask yourself the question. 
Think about it. Count the cost, Jesus said. Count the whole cost. How long can I do this? Important questions. If we really want to break the pattern and walk out of stuck. But you make the decision before others make it for you. Or circumstances make that decision for you. You know, someone said, and with my dad, I've been helping my dad out. He's helping me too. Amen. It goes both ways. And you realize in life, life happens, y'all. Life unfolds, you know, and things are coming. I heard somebody say, only a fool doesn't prepare for what he knows is coming. I got to say it again? I don't think so. <laughs> I got to say it twice. These are questions. And finally, what are your God-inspired priorities? We have priorities. Which of those are inspired by God? I mean, some priorities are just things we want to do, things you enjoy doing. Nothing wrong with that. But among all the things we want to do, which of those things are God-inspired? So, questions. So I'm going further than this story indicates. But again, it's a kind of a story where it calls you to think about things like this. Now, let's go back to the story. So the pool of Bethesda, as the text said, it was it was a place near the sheep gate. That in Aramaic was called Bethesda. And we know that it was built by ancient Greeks. At that time, it was part of the Roman Empire, part of the Jewish tradition. It became a place for ritual purification. One function of it was before people could present sheep to be offered for sacrifice, they had to be cleansed, had to be purified. So they would take the sheep and wash the sheep in the pool. It also became known for other types of purifications. Now, there's debate about if it was a hot spring or a cold spring. Uh, research indicated that it, it was not a hot spring. It was a it was a cistern. It was a place that was dug out to gather rainwater. So it was a pool of that nature. But it became a place of desperation as well. Now the story is interesting. The text, the Bible text, when you understand or research the things, you find out that the tradition is that an angel came down once a year and troubled the water. In fact, the Bible doesn't say once a year. The latest, most reliable Bible text don't even say an angel troubled the water. King James says angel. Other versions don't say angel. The water was stirred. Okay? And so the whole, the whole thing of the man saying that he would have been healed because it got to the water in time, but others got in front of me, we're assuming that people are getting healed in this pool. But there is no evidence. Anybody got healed. No scripture says so-and-so got healed in the pool of Bethesda. So it's more of a tradition. Now, it may have been at some point that somebody got healed in the water by whatever means. Maybe a miracle. We don't know. We just don't know. But one thing we know for sure is the word got out. This was a place to go to, get, to hope to get healed. Listen, y'all, this is the thing with desperation. You know, if somebody is drowning in front of you, 
They can't swim. They're drowning in the water. If you throw them a piece of wood three inches long, they'll grab onto it. Won't even help them. But when you're desperate, you'll grab anything. And in that day, to be disabled, y'all, was a major, major burden. We take it for granted today. We have wheelchairs. We have means of helping people. We have medications and treatments and all this. But back then, I mean, add to, to add to the lack of help people would receive was the whole idea that you're that way because you're cursed. That was going on. You're disabled. You have leprosy because you're cursed. So they were rejected. They were ignored. They were, they were not helped as we know people are helped today. And so this pool became a gathering place for people who were disabled and, and sick and desperate. And that's part of the sadness of it, that the man had dragged himself there for years and years and years and reported that, well, I, I, Jesus, I, I would go, but I can't get there first. Now, we assume the man saw folk getting healed. We don't know that. It's amazing, y'all, in our desperation, we will invent a story. I'm not saying he's lying. I'm just saying when, when you're really in a lot of pain, you'll see things. You'll imagine things. Amen, somebody? Oh, y'all ain't been in pain before? Well, I've been in a lot of pain, y'all. You imagine, you, you, you imagine scenarios of getting better and, and things and reach for stuff not even real sometimes. So this is a condition we call being stuck. The man was stuck. You don't fall of his own. So then systems and patterns develop out of the experiences that we have gone through. And some of those experiences lead us to a place of desperation. So then research it on your own if you want to. We even know that in history that the ancient Greeks had a, had a pagan cult in which some believe was centered around that pool as a place of some sort of occultic healing. You know, the devil can do stuff too now. Because, think about it. I don't see my God, God of love and compassion, sending an angel one time a year to stir the water and let people struggle to get there first. I don't see God working like that. Maybe you do. I don't see God doing that. But again, we don't know the story, so I won't go beyond that. Just to say that this man had been in this condition 38 years when Jesus happened upon him. So now here's the point I make to you. The inertia. There's the inertia of a system and a pattern. The word inertia means this. The tendency to remain unchanged. We're all dealing with inertia of something. Either we're prone to try stuff or we're prone to do nothing. Our inertia has us where we are today. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. This man's inertia, his pattern, his system was to drag himself to that pool and hope that something good could happen. Because it's all, it's all he had. It's all he knew to do. Be careful we don't judge people. You have no idea what folks have been through. You have no idea. Like I said to us, I think last week, when somebody tells you a story of what they're going through, don't start telling them your story. It's not the same. It's not the same. Just keep listening to the person talking to you. 
Don't interrupt them. Don't insert your story over their story. I know it, it seems helpful. It's very unhelpful. It's in fact insulting to bring up your story when someone tells you their story. Say, Lord, help me listen. Start there, amen? Because you know how this goes. If you've been through something and folks start talking to you about their story, just stop talking and listen to them instead. Let them get it out. They want to talk, let them talk. When they're done, go on. Find somebody who will listen. Amen, somebody? So watch this. So now John 5, verse 5. All right. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? He asked the question because he saw the man was into the inertia of a pattern and a system of which you must make a choice to break out. When you're into, into a, uh, a system and you're locked in, you don't naturally change. You won't want to change without somebody challenging you to change. It's quiet up in here. Y'all all right? <laughs> like one guy said, stop me when I start lying, okay? <laughs> this is all the truth so far, amen? So the question had to be asked, do you want to get well? Jesus, knowing he'd been there all that time, knowing he needed healing, still asked the question, do you want, do you want to get well? But watch the response. Again, the inertia, the inertia, the tendency to remain unchanged. Verse 7, sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. That was his response. But the response indicated this. First of all, the man misinterpreted Jesus' question. The man answered the question based on his own frame of reference, his own inertia of his pattern and his, his system. He thought healing could only come by the means he had heard about. In other words, I got to get in there to be the first one. When it's like a lottery. You know what I'm saying? I got to hit the lottery. <laughs> got to get there first when the water is stirred. But he was stuck in a system, in a pattern of thinking. We get stuck the same way, y'all. People ask us a question. And rather than accept the question as a challenge to change, we revert back to our system. We tell them what we think about what they said. We don't respond to them. We just give them what the man gave Christ. Or watch this. The man essentially said to Jesus, look, look, man, <laughs> you don't know how this works. Let me tell you how this works. <laughs> you want to get well, man, you don't get it. The way this works is, now bear in mind, he didn't know he was talking to Jesus. Didn't know he was Jesus talking to him. See, at least blind Bartimaeus knew it was Jesus coming down the street. Have mercy on me. He knew it was Jesus. 
Woman with the issue of blood knew it was Jesus. If I can touch his garment, she knew, but he didn't know who this man was. All the more reason to come out of his frame of reference. So, Lord, or sir, he said, sir, here's how this works. When the water looks like it's stirred, the first one that gets in gets healed. And I have no one to help me into the water. That is an impossible situation for him. Hence, 38 years. But the fact is, I don't believe the water was even being troubled like that. We don't know. The point is, he was still invalid. He was still disabled. And now, here he was using his mindset to counteract the question that Jesus had for him. You know, we help people. We prepare for that. Don't get upset with them. Just know that people will speak to you from their frame of reference. All they know is what they know. They do not know what they don't know. You want to be healed? Well, I would, but hey, man, look here. It's how it works. Sometimes people go there. All right, observation number one. Let me give you. When people are stuck, the pattern is to tell unstuck people trying to help them that they don't understand. That happens. You may have been a paralyzed person that God healed. But then if you go to somebody paralyzed with this opportunity for the same thing to happen, they'll think you don't understand. Sometimes that the, the stuck condition is so strong, it literally controls every response, every thought. So, the, so the, the stuck person tells the unstuck person, you know what you're talking about. You know, you know, so that's a problem. But thank God the man, well, thank God, here's, here's the thing. Thank God Christ ignored the man. Listen, y'all, you have to learn to respect people. And if you sense that people really want something, ignore their arguments. Ignore their ignorance. Because no one can speak beyond what they know. Don't fault them for that. You cannot speak beyond your experience. So then, that's the pattern. Second observation. We, we as people, sometimes are so locked into a system or a pattern. Well, say it differently. People sometimes are so locked into a system or a pattern, they lose sight of all other resources. It's amazing all the stuff people do because it's been done before. They don't make it wrong. At least stop and examine it. At least question it. But this man had been so stuck for 38 years that even when Jesus said, do you want to be healed? I said, Jesus, you don't know how this works, man. Let me tell you. But thank God, Jesus ignored that observation number three John 5 verse 8 Jesus said to him get up exclamation mark behind it in my Bible get up pick up your mat and walk hmm now Jesus knew who he was and he had come on that occasion to break the pattern to help the man walk out of unstuck and he had the power to get it done. So he said, get up and walk. So third observation is this. First of all, don't ignore the instruction from God. Don't ignore an instruction 
from God. Say, Father, help me not to ignore an instruction from you. Yeah. Recognize when power and provision are present. And it may come from a place where you haven't understood it could come from. You know, God, God's got people who can do things. You ain't never met him before. Come on, somebody. I mean, God can use all that. God can use all kind of people. I heard a story one time about a person was drowning, uh, was, was struggling, almost about to drown, and someone came by. He's treading water. Somebody came by uh, with, a, with a, uh, a life preserver. And who are you, sir? I'm a Muslim. I don't want you going down or gone. I don't want no Muslim helping me out. Another guy came by on a boat. He's treading water, came by. Another life preserver. Who are you? So I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God at all. I don't want to go or gone. And the man, the man drowned and died. Went to heaven. This is all fictional, of course. Got to heaven and said, Lord, why didn't you help me? God said, I sent two people. <laughs> I sent you two people to help you. So don't get hung up on everything like that. Amen, somebody. He's white. He's black. I can't deal with him. He's a woman. He's a man. He's too fat, too skinny. Don't you mess yourself up. God will send people to mess your mind up and straighten your attitude out and humble you. Amen. I was in a discussion yesterday, a podcast, a couple days ago, recording a podcast with a brother. And he asked a question. It's a good podcast. He wanted to ask a question about, you know, how can we be in the world and not of the world? I said, well, people say that. I said, but I'll say this to you. I got a doctor. I got a couple of doctors, one of whom I know is a believer. I need my doctors in the world and of the world. Fully competent. You got some Christians don't know Jack. Who are incompetent. But I'm, I'm anointed. But you're incompetent. I don't need you like that. You can pray for me. But don't touch my stuff. Get my point? Don't, don't box God. Don't, don't, listen, that's our pattern sometimes. I can't deal with people I don't like. It don't look right to me and all this kind of. Now, I get you. Be discerning. I understand that. But don't lose your mind on this thing and miss your blessing. Amen, somebody. So, again, number three observation, don't ignore an instruction from God. Recognize when power and provision are present and then shift focus from your system, your custom, your pattern or habit. You get that? So that that man, to his credit, when Jesus said, get up, get up, pick up your bed and walk, the man went and did it. And he was, he received a blessing and a miracle when he did that. His obedience to the instruction brought healing into his life. So when the man did what Jesus said, he broke the pattern and walked out of stuck by the power of God. He experienced his breakthrough through obedience to an instruction. Wow, it's amazing what instructions can do for us. It, from somebody who knows what they're talking about. 
are from Christ and God most of all. Don't miss an instruction. Sometimes the instruction is a test to see if you're paying attention. Because sometimes God wants us to know. See, we think we know where we are all the time with God. Lord, love Lord. You heard my cry. I know, I know God. Yeah, mm -hmm. do this. Uh, uh, God, I'm kind of busy right now. I got something else to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. See, now we see and you see. So don't, don't play with God like that, all right? Final slide here. Let me get to this and wrap this up. So here are some final points to make. First of all, correct actions, correct actions breaks the pattern. Our correct actions break the pattern. Say correct actions break the pattern. Just apply it wherever it fits. Next point is you can walk out of stuck. Say I can walk out of stuck. Yeah, got to be serious though. Have to be obedient to the instruction. God's power can make the difference. Now, it isn't obvious, it should be obvious, but sometimes we have to convince ourselves that God's power can do this for us. Sometimes we just talk God talk, but really have doubts about it. You gotta believe that God's power can and will make the difference. Here's an important one. Believe that your past does not define your future. You believe this. Well, the man didn't initially until the Lord Blessed him and he got his healing. Then he, everybody knew. But the inertia, the patterns that we're in are strong. Man, they, they, they are strong. So these questions we are asked or encounter help us to at least consider. Yeah, I, you know, my past, I can change. I will change by the grace of God. Finally, and this is one of the, one of the lessons of black history. Tying it back in. Look at black history month. Look at history, black history. What you see is all these points. The actions break patterns. Walking out of stuck. God's power making a difference. Believing that your past does not define your future. And that people <laughs> will try to convince you otherwise. Sometimes people need you to stay stuck. They depend on your stuckness. They need you to be stuck and dependent upon them. Because if you break out of that, they're going to lose control of you. Amen? Control is one of the things that come out of sometimes being stuck. So let me just encourage you that this story about this man at the Pool of Bethesda who didn't even know he was talking to Jesus and whom when the Lord blessed him and he was healed and picked up his bed, the religious crowd said, you should not be carrying anything. on." So that's a problem. You got your own condition of stuck. And you got other people telling you you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. All that. Listen, y'all go with God. Go with Jesus. Love folk. But sometimes forget about folk. <laughs> Trying to convince you otherwise. Or beat you down over your decisions. Don't don't fall. That's that's a trap. That's a, another stuck place as well. So understand that God is gracious. God loves us. He sent Jesus to show it. And history has shown us 
over and over again how God works. But we need to be serious. Ask these questions again. I'll close on these questions. These questions I thought were important for us to consider. Find that slide, please, the questions. Loving and serving often involves questions. Do you want to change? Are you serious about change? What do you need to change in order to change? Is this sustainable? How long can I do it? What are your God-inspired priorities? Work on that, y'all. All right, class? Work on this stuff, all right? Father, thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for encouraging us, for showing us in this story from, from the Bible, from John chapter 5, in the life of this man who, whose name we don't know, who, who he himself didn't know who blessed him. But the story shows us, Lord, sometimes we find ourselves in a similar place of waiting, Lord, and, 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 being, and being passive, not just patient. Lord, show us what it means to be patient and not passive. Thank you, Father God, for your help and grace as we continue to work on ourselves, becoming better versions of ourselves, more committed to you, Lord, more faithful to your purposes. Lord, help us to recognize that often you've put in us the opportunity to lift someone out of a pattern to help them break the pattern and walk out of stuck. Or maybe we ourselves need to break patterns and walk out of stuck. And we thank you, Father God, and praise you for your goodness, for your grace, your mercy, and most of all, your love. Thank you, Lord, for all these blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you praise God today? Were you blessed today?